There are many well-documented tales of folklore from all around the world. Tales of Grecian monsters, Egyptian rituals, and legendary Nordic artifacts come to mind. And then, there are the stories left in the dark. In a paper on Asian folklore, Francisco Demetrio wrote that after the Spanish colonization and subsequent Christianization of the Philippines, only fragments of the island's original myths, tales, and legends remain. But that doesn't mean they don't exist, and it certainly doesn't mean they're not worth telling. Many of those stories were preserved orally, passing tales by word of mouth from one generation to the next. So perhaps the best way to ensure those fragments of Philippine lore live on is to tell you about them. Welcome to Philippine Folktales. You've heard it said before, the only person you can really count on is yourself. And that would be especially true if there were monsters in your midst. Well, for many Filipino people as early as the 16th century, there were monsters everywhere, and none quite as fearsome as the Aswang. That audio clip is from Season 3, Episode 14 of the American TV show Grimm. Similar to the show, many people believe the Aswang is simply the Filipino version of a vampire, who instead of blood, sucks out the unborn fetus of a pregnant woman. But they're only partially correct. In reality, the Aswang is far more terrifying than your standard Dracula. Where the term Aswang came from is something of a debate. Some believe that Aswang is a shortened version of Asawang, meaning like a dog. Meanwhile, one 16th century priest writes that the term comes from Asuang, meaning sorcerer. But what do a dog and a sorcerer have in common with a vampire? Well, more than you might think. In a paper titled The Aswang Syncrasy, Filipino educator Dr. Maximo Ramos said the Aswang is best understood not as one singular concept, but rather a collection of concepts. In this way, the Aswang is not simply a Filipino fetus-eating vampire. Rather, Ramos divides the Aswang into five types of monstrous, shape-shifting beings, two of which are a dog and a witch. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. The first type is your standard vampire. According to Ramos, the blood-sucking, vampiric Aswang is most often disguised as a beautiful woman. Frequently, the disguised Aswang will marry an unsuspecting youth. Then, once married, the Aswang will, little by little, sip their partner's blood each night until they die of anemia. When sucking blood, the vampiric Aswang does not have two sharp teeth, like the European vampire. Rather, the vampiric Aswang sucks blood using the tip of its tongue, which is pointed like the proboscis of a mosquito. 
Once their chosen partner has died, the Aswan gets up and finds another husband, or rather, victim. Interestingly enough, Ramos says that in some cases, an Aswang won't murder their partner and will instead use their home as a base of operations. At night, the vampiric Aswang will fly out and raid other nearby villages. Ramos believes the vampiric Aswang is the reason for the close kinships of many Filipino folk. He writes, parents may prefer to marry their children into families they know well, because in early days, there was a fear that a handsome stranger may very well be a vampire in disguise. So maybe you should think twice the next time someone a little too beautiful approaches you in the day. You might get a nasty surprise come nightfall. The second type of Aswang is the Viscera Sucker. This is the type of Aswang described in that grim clip from earlier. Ramos says the Viscera Sucker sucks out the internal organs, or phlegm, of the sick. Similar to the vampire, the Viscera Sucker Aswang is reported to look like an attractive woman by day with long hair and light skin. However, its tongue is long and tubular, like a drinking straw and that tongue can stretch a long, long way. When the day turns to night, the viscera aswang is said to grow wings in place of its arms and discards its lower body from the waist down. The creature then hides its lower body either beneath a bedsheet, inside a closet, in the backyard, anywhere it can. In a paper about viscera suckers and women in the Philippines, Professor Raul Pertiera says the viscera sucker can sometimes take the form of a bat, a black bird, or an insect. Then, it flies to the roof of a house it has targeted. The visceral aswang searches for a hole in the roof to stick its tongue through. Once it has found an opening, it extends its tongue, searching for a sleeping body to latch onto. As soon as the tongue touches the body of a sleeper, it will then suck out that person's heart, liver, lungs, spleen, and entrails. If you are an expectant mother, you should be especially wary, as the viscera sucker has a tendency to suck the unborn baby dry, killing it. In an interesting observation, Ramos notes that the Filipino belief in the viscera sucker may explain the sleeping habits of various Filipinos. In rural Philippine communities, it is still common to sleep prone, or on your stomach. It is said that this position hides the sleeper's bodily orifices from the probing tongue of the viscera sucker. In addition, many Filipino households tend to live with their extended families for long periods of time. Ramos posits that this might have something to do with the belief that smaller families are more vulnerable to viscera sucker attack. He adds that the viscera sucker's tendency to strike from atop a roof may also be why steeper roofs gradually became more fashionable. Now note, if you happen to come across a viscera sucker's discarded lower half, don't panic. 
Ramos says if the lower half is sprinkled over with ashes, vinegar, spices, or salt, the viscera sucker cannot be whole again and dies, unless it can persuade someone to wash off those substances with water before dawn. In a book by Richard Q. Lieben titled Cebuano Sorcery, he posits that the use of cooking spices as a means of combat might have something to do with inversion. Lieben points out that often, the Aswang represents a direct inversion of Filipino values. He writes, while Filipinos like spiced, cooked animal meat, Aswangs prefer raw, human meat. In this way, perhaps early Filipinos thought using spices against the fearsome Aswang could destroy it. So if you're ever being attacked by a viscera sucker, it may be best not to run out the door, but rather to your kitchen. The were dog is the third classification of Aswang. Just like the previous two, the were dog disguises itself as either a man or woman by day, but at night, turns into a beast that resembles a dog. However, unlike the previous two, Ramos says the were dog is most often disguised as a man. It is said that the were dog lives in villages and turns into its beastly form around midnight. Then, it preys upon the villagers, even attacking children who cry too much and pregnant women who are out on the road too late at night. The were-dog uses its massive fangs to completely devour its victims. Legend states that both the were-dog and viscera sucker got a taste for human flesh by eating food that another were-dog or viscera sucker spat on or licked. There is, however, another theory. It is said that when a were-dog or a viscera sucker dies, a little black chick pops out of its mouth. If you swallow this little black chick, it is said you too will acquire a taste for human flesh. The little black chick will live inside you like a parasite and share the flesh you consume. But where did this peculiar belief come from? Cultural researcher Margaret Magant theorizes that it might have something to do with a Filipino delicacy. The balut. As controversial as it is cultural, the balut is a fertilized developing egg embryo that is boiled and eaten from the shell. The egg is typically a duck egg. Chicks usually hatch after 26 to 28 days. However, most balut are sold when the eggs are between 16 to 20 days old, meaning when the balut is consumed, the chick is just on the verge of being born. So often, when eating a balut, you can clearly see the shape of the developing baby chick. As a result, there are some who believe that eating balut will turn you into an aswang. Magat says this has a lot to do with imagery. Aswang are most notably known for eating the fetuses of unborn babies. And when you are eating balut, she says, you're essentially doing the same thing. Thus, the imagery of the black chick is born. 
Ramos says the were-dog's desire for human flesh begins when the chick starts cheeping from inside its stomach. So be wary, dear listener. You never really know what someone might have lurking in their stomach. The fourth type of Aswang are the witches. Believed to be a vindictive man or woman, the witch Aswang will insert objects like shells, bones, rice, and insects into a victim's orifices. Unlike the other Aswang variants, however, the witch has no desire to eat human flesh. Rather, the witch Aswang is reclusive, living in abandoned homes on the outskirts of a village or town. In truth, the Aswang witch seems to only grow hostile when crossed. This Aswang variant seems very different from the previous three. After all, it has no taste for human flesh and doesn't seem to attack carelessly. So, why is it considered an Aswang? Researcher Kathleen Nadeau says it may be a byproduct of Spanish colonization. Before Catholicism became the dominant religion in the Philippines, the islands were a land dominated by priestesses and shamans. In ancient Philippines, women were equal to men and played many vital roles in their budding society. Historian Horatio de la Costa says in pre-colonial Philippines, women were healers, warrior priestesses, and merchants. Women conducted rituals and feasting ceremonies. Women were charged with offering food and drink to the ancestors and nature spirits. Nadeau says these women were the keepers of sacred historical knowledge who had great influence on local values. But everything changed when Spanish colonists arrived. The Spaniards brought with them an intolerant form of Christianity that was opposed to anyone who did not respect the Holy Cross. As a result, early Spanish friars were deeply threatened by the native religion in the Philippines, and more so by the female priestesses and shamans. In an attempt to usurp the power these priestesses had, those friars lied. They slandered the priestesses and shamans in an effort to negate the power these women had and instill mass religious conversion to Christianity. The friars called the shamans witches, who worked for the devil. And it just so happens that in the Philippines, the word aswang has a very strong association with the word witch. So perhaps witches are Aswang in name alone. Painted monsters by an intolerant religious crusade, the misunderstood witch variant of Aswang may not harm you at all. That is, if you avoid invoking their wrath. Should you foolishly decide to test a witch, legend has it she can make you viciously ill. One last piece of advice. It is said that the Aswang witches will largely avoid eye contact. Ramos says this is because the image in a witch's iris is upside down, and the iris itself is thin and elongated, 
like a cat's. If you meet a mysterious stranger out in the woods with the eyes of a cat, it would probably be best to leave. Immediately. The fifth and final type of aswang is the ghoul. The ghoul variant is said to steal human corpses and devour them. As a result, the ghoul has nails that are horned and curvy, while the ghoul's teeth are sharp and pointed. Ramos says the ghouls look human when presenting themselves, but can also turn invisible. Ghouls can live disguised among humans like most Aswang. At night, ghouls gather in large trees near a cemetery. Then they drop down, exhume the newly buried corpses, and eat them. It is said that a ghoul can hear the groans of the dying from miles away. In true horrific fashion, ghouls have been known to devour not only corpses, but their mourners as well. Ghouls, when stealing a dead body, would often replace the real corpse with a fake one carved out of a banana trunk. Despite how realistic it may look, you can tell if it's a real corpse by checking the fingers. Does the body have fingerprints? If so, the corpse is real. If not, a ghoul has stolen the body. According to Philippine traditional beliefs, a ghoul can be scared away by fire, loud noises, metals, and spice. Ramos says this explains why many Filipinos tend to be noisy at vigils and gatherings in general. He writes, at vigils, many Filipinos still sing, play parlor games, and feed a large number of guests. He also cites the experience of one traveler who donated a radio to a rural village in the Philippines. In this account, the traveler recalls a wedding reception. At the reception, the radio was placed on a table at the center of the room. However, the radio was not playing party music. Rather, it was talk radio, given in English by an evangelical preacher. The radio's volume was turned up high, and though it clashed with the vibe of the wedding, not a single attendee moved to turn the radio off. The traveler wrote that the extra noise seemed to be a welcome addition to the large gathering, as if protecting the partygoers from something otherworldly. This loud behavior, Ramos says, is meant to ward off any ghoul attacks, or aswang attacks in general. In the Philippines, the message is clear. You are safer in a large, loud group. A potent note, should you decide to travel alone. Now, if you find yourself facing off against an aswang, don't panic. There are several ways you can defend yourself, according to Philippine folklore. 
The first is one we've already talked about, salts and spices. If you believe yourself to be the target of an aswang, some sources say to sprinkle salt on every corner of your house. It is also believed that cooking or eating food with strong spices or salt will ward off the beast. As a final precaution, keep some garlic in your pocket and near your doors and windows as the aswang will not like the smell. To further protect your home, Ramos says that many ancient Filipinos would often hang sea creatures near their doors to ward off the aswang. This included marine crabs, lobsters, prawns, but most especially a stingray's tail. It is said that striking an aswang with a raised tail will hurt or weaken it, and the mark left behind by a raised tail will remain when the aswang turns back into a human the next day. Ramos says Filipinos used sea creatures as wards because they were associated with ocean water, and therefore with salt, essentially doubling down on the Aswang's fear of salt and spices. As we previously discussed, Ramos adds Aswang also tend to avoid loud noises and fires. In certain parts of Luzon, he adds, people wear strips of red cloth around their wrists, necks, and waists, since red represents fire. It is said that ghouls in particular have blurred vision and may mistake the red cloth for fire and leave without attacking. Either way, loud noises and perhaps a red cloth may do you some good. Now, let's say that the previous three options didn't work, and the Aswang somehow managed to get inside your home. Again, don't panic. You'll just have to fight your way out. All you'll need is some sharpened bamboo. According to Ramos, the most effective countermeasure against all types of Aswang is thrusting a well-sharpened bamboo stick straight into the Aswang's back. Last, but certainly not least, despite the fearsome powers of the Aswang, researcher Raul Pertiera says Aswangs can definitely be outwitted. He writes, Many stories are told of brave men, women, children, and even domestic animals successfully outwitting an Aswang. So even if you unexpectedly run into an Aswang on the street, unprepared, just know that if you're witty, and clever enough, you may still make it out of there alive. At the end of the day, the Aswang is a creature built from a combination of different factors, cultural beliefs, colonial influence, and a firm desire to make sense of the world and its tragedies. In a paper about the Philippine Aswang, Raul Pertiera says the Aswang complex is surrounded by pregnancy, disease, and death, which are universal human themes. He says, the Aswang is used as an explanation for events occurring within those themes. As a symbol, the Aswang allows the Filipino to communicate and express states of fear, anxiety, or apprehension felt during times of personal stress. 
So perhaps that's all the Aswang is, a monstrous creature built to explain the monstrous things we face on a day-to-day -day basis. Or maybe, just maybe, there's some truth to the legends. Maybe, lurking nearby, on your roof right now, or beside you in bed, or walking alongside you to work, is a monster looking for its next meal. Philippine Folktales is written, researched, voiced, and produced by Shala Kabalan. Music was provided by COAG Music. For more information on this show, go to plutopodcasts.org and be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pluto Podcasts. This show updates every other Friday. Until then, stay vigilant, believe in the unexpected, and drink some water. Thank you.